Bon, we're going to begin. Let's go. From the beginning. From the beginning. From the beginning. No, because you live, well, you have an interesting life. More ways than one. Likewise. You live in Dubai. Yes. You work in Dubai. Yes. You are a woman of Algerian descent. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that lived in Canada. Yeah. So, which one is your favorite country to live in? <clears throat> um, as of now, I would say Dubai. Why? It just grows in you. For like, what reason? Culturally, food, religion, people. The food, not that much. The food is good, but like. Do they actually have the their the own food? Yes, but it's very. It's like rice and chicken. Okay, I feel If like. If I'm making it like basic. Yeah, yeah. It's very rice and chicken, um, mixed with Indian food, because I've learned that like back in the days, centuries ago, whatever, there were like Indian people living there, mm -hmm. so it was culturally mixed. Okay. But besides that, they have like really good restaurants, like really good cooks and stuff like that. But it's either you're rich or either you're poor. <laughs> <laughs> like we see on TV. I've never been, so. Yeah, it's really like what we see on TV. Is that so a good thing? The lifestyle is really what we see on TV. Okay. But the actual real Dubai is not what we see on TV. Elaborate. Um, it's more poor than we think that it is. <laughs> Okay, I don't know. If it sounds a like thing. a paradox right now. Yeah, but there's more poverty than we think there is. Okay. There's more cultures than we think that there is. I think there's even more people like culturally mixed there than here, which shocked me. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's new. Yeah, it shocked me a lot, and it's way hotter than we think it is. <laughs> oh, the hotter part I can imagine. Yeah, but it's more manageable than we think that it is as well. So like 52 degrees outside during summertime, you still can go outside and like walk outside, just maybe not for like 15 minutes. But like you won't okay. die out of it. Okay, cars are not melting. BMWs, yes. Really? <laughs> But the rest, This no. This is bad commercials for BMWs. <laughs> Our cars are melting? Well, cheap cars, I guess, plastic cars. There's not much of those. Okay. Like whatever cars you see here, they, you don't see them over there. So if money, okay, so because the way I, most people, I'm guessing, and now I'm speaking for everybody here, Dubai is very superficial, super fake. Like my father's been there in the 80s and he told me the thing that fascinated him the most was the fake grass. He's like, I've never seen nicer grass in my entire life. I've never seen grass over there. Yeah, well, it seems I mean, in the 80s they did. I never paid attention. But yeah, because it's common, mm. but... It's like, how do you have grass in the desert? If Dubai can do it, it's, it's interesting that we can't even have a good, nice soccer field in Algeria. That's was. I mean, they create their own rain as well. Oh, okay, yeah, I it guess. It rains so much, like thunderstorms and stuff, like it wakes you up. Really? But it's most of the time it's fake. What do you mean it's fake? Wait, what? Like they create their own rain, their own clouds and their own rain. So they're playing with Mother Nature. Is that actually a myth or is that actually true? No, it's actually true. Sometimes it rains for real, but the amount of time that it rains for real during the year, which is during like winter time. Yeah. Max, 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 if I'm being generous, like five times. But now in the past week, it rained already five times. And we just started the season. So they make it rain. Yeah. Literally. In every sense of the words. Yeah. Yes. Really? Yeah. Isn't that scary? No. Why? 
I don't know. If you start I playing mean, with mother nature. I have an issue. It's too hot, too much humidity. They create rain. That's it. Yeah, but when you create na- a rain, there must be side effects somewhere along the way. If you're playing with pressure, humidity, to a point that it's thunderstorms, right? I'm guessing there's certain side effects. Maybe the countries next to them. Because what happens? Uh, what, it rains to exactly I mean, to the millimeter? I mean, there's Saudi Arabia next to them. And they don't care about them. So what happens and if there's a hurricane? there's next to them. They don't care about them either. Okay. Is there so, like a big uh, competition between those? Uh, 100%. Especially with Saudis. On what? Oh, my God. On Who what? has the most money? <laughs> Who has the most lands? So, like, there's still people that think that Dubai is a country. Dubai yeah. is an emirate. Yes. Which is like a state, which is like a province, whatever it is. How many states are there? Six? Five? Seven. Seven. Seven emirates. Um, so the rest of the country is really not like Dubai. Like, yes, the money is the same. Like, you would see the locals over there. Yeah, like, I call it the Vegas of the Emirates, no? Yeah, somehow. So there's a lot of expats. You can do whatever you want. You dress however you want. Like, people think that it's very conservative. It's really not in Dubai specifically. It's more open than here, I would say. Is it more open than Qatar? I've never been to Qatar, but I believe so, yes. From yeah, because there was the whole uh, controversy during the World Cup, right? Yeah. The rules and everything. So just for people to understand. Uh, yeah. The, okay. But it's really just Dubai. Like you go to Abu Dhabi, it's an hour, ago, uh, an hour away. It's more conservative than Dubai. Okay. So it's not the same. So anyway, all the Emirates that are closer to Saudi Arabia, there were a lot of Saudi people that bought like lands and houses and just mm-hmm. property investment. And then the new king came, MBS, and then he decided to build this new city, mm-hmm. this strip, whatever. Yeah, yeah, the, the famous uh, glass straight line there. Exactly. I think it started the construction. It did, mm-hmm. and it's going very quick. So <laughs> like everything today. <laughs> yeah. So he said that we're going to build a new city, and he called off all of the Saudis around the world, and he just told them, like, come and invest in your country. The more you invest in your country, the more I'm going to give you back, blah, blah, blah. So they sold everything. And they moved back. And they moved back. So now Dubai was like, holy shit, what are we going to do? Like the Saudi money was something that we use a lot. It was very a good investment for us. What are we going to do? So now like they're pushing to create more things, to create like a... A balance? I wouldn't say a balance. I would say like a competition. With what Saudi is going to create. Okay, they're playing Monopoly with real money. (laughs) So like, I think in that strip that they're building, Mm -hmm. everything that is haram is going to be allowed in it. For money. For money. So like all the expats are going to live there. They're going to be able to like buy alcohol, go to casinos and stuff like that. So now the UAE, they decided to create, to build a casino to the emirate that is closest to Saudi Arabia, which doesn't make any sense. Okay. Because it doesn't follow any rules or principles or values of the country. Okay. But that's the extent that they're willing to go, just to compete with them. So is that hypocrisy? 100%. Do I care? No. <laughs> so what do you care about? For you to determine if this is a good country to live in, a good country, you know. The um, I care about the freedom that is given to me regarding of how free am I to live within my spirituality, my practice regarding religion, the way I can dress, what I can do, etc. This is mm-hmm. what I care about. So no way in hell in Dubai you'll be able to like walk around and call someone stupid, for example, who tell them like go back to your country. Like all of those things are illegal. 
So, yeah, respect is non-negotiable. It's non-negotiable. And that applies to like what you practice as a religion. So obviously, like you walk around, there's tons of mosques, there's Adan mm. all the time and stuff like that. A lot of people converted to the religion, but it's just they Im- they impose this rule that is you just need to respect, be and let be, basically. So other religions are welcome? 100%. There's okay. everything over there. So there's a synagogue, there's, there's a church. Everything. Okay. And nobody, like if you see a Jew, for example, to go to the synagogue, like there's nobody just being like, oh my God, there's a Jew. Like, what is he doing here? It's a Muslim country and stuff like You're that. You're just asking how much money does he have? <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're going for? I mean, they have money. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But uh, again, it could have been a Christian. I'll just use the, uh, the Jewish so, example. The thing is that even in Dubai, you realize that a lot of people that you wouldn't think have money, they're rich AF. Because when you move there, mm-hmm. you cannot just move in. You need a visa, mm-hmm. which is most of the time a work permit. Mm-hmm. That's you what you're on? Yes. Okay. If you do not have a work permit, you need to have like an investor visa. To have an investor visa, we call it, well, they call it. Yeah. Like, are you, are you <laughs> trying to tell me now? something now? Yeah. <laughs> they call it golden visa. Okay. So you need to invest at least $2 million and then they give you a visa for 10 years. Okay. If that investment is not uh, useful anymore, if you sell it, whatever, they take back the visa. So the visa is as good as your investment? Yeah. Okay. If you don't work there. Mm-hmm. So most of the people, like the Russians and stuff, I didn't even know that Russians had money. I, did, I didn't know that they had that much money. Do you know that Moscow is the city no. that has the most millionaires in the I world? I don't know. Well, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, 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 uh, I don't know if the, uh, the, the information is still updated after the Ukraine thing, but Moscow was the city that had the most millionaires in the world. So because of the war with Ukraine, mm-hmm. uh, their bank accounts were frozen from all around so the world. So they went stuff, to... <laughs> but like cash money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like three, four, five millions, like it's nothing. And they do nothing. They just come. They buy an apartment by the beach. Investment. And they just stay there. They drink. They tan. They don't work. They couldn't care less. That's all they do. 50 degrees outside tanning is the Russians. Yeah. And then minus 50 outside drinking vodka. <laughs> they do extremes. Yeah. And they do not like mix with people. They don't learn the language. They don't like. They don't adapt. They don't adapt. They stay with the Russians. Okay, but is that is that a good thing or a bad thing here? They're minding their business. That's the thing is that everybody's minding their own business. Yeah. So over there, like honestly, I moved. Number one reason, uh, religion. Second, money. Your first reason was for religion? Yeah. Why, you feel you can't uh, be religious here? No. Why? So yes, the way I was raised, yes. Okay. All right. The way I was raised. This is interesting. <laughs> Let me get comfortable. <laughs> so the way I was raised, yes, it was a like practice in your own home, whatever. You don't need to show. You don't need to yeah. say Listen, to tell the people. Don't they say religion is between you and God? Yeah. Okay. It's no, I don't need to like flaunt it and stuff. I'm here with my necklace. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. But like I'm not walking around. Like there's people that ask me like what's written. I'm like, oh, it's Om. You know, like, mm-hmm. I find it so ridiculous. But. What is it that you find ridiculous? That people don't read Arabic? I don't think you need to read Arabic to know what this is. No, I'm sorry. Okay. This is something that is not logical for me. Because it's a popular, like, All right. sign. No, it's a popular sign for you. No. And your culture. A lot of people. 
No, no. Again, when you say that, if you only hang out with Muslims, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) This is the truth and only the truth. (laughs) No, no, because the mistake we do is we think because we grew up, we are surrounded by it, that it's something very common. You go into any Algerian or North African or Arabic country, Muslim, you'll have that on a wall usually. So it's very common. Yeah. Yet, it's not really the case because I can ask you, you've been around Jewish people. Right? Not that much, actually. The first Jewish person I met in my life was in 2018. 2018? 2018. Okay, maybe you met a lot, but you just didn't know they were. Because it's crazy, because there's certain signs. L'Etoile de David, uh, the, the cross. Yeah. And for Muslims, usually it's the moon. Yeah. That I would get, because yeah. those are the, when you think religions, those are the signs, right? But now to say what it means in Arabic. Because I feel like. To not say the Arabs, to just say the Muslims, they became such a big target from a while back. 2001? Yeah. So it became very, like, uh, publicized. Yeah, I guess. So it's shown everywhere. And I didn't grow up with, like, Arabs or, like, Muslims and stuff. Like, I was just the white Arab chick in the mix of, like, Quebecers. And they all knew what it was. Like, it's just a thing. Okay. So for me, I never met someone that didn't know what it was. Yeah, Until but it's I okay. I to work in an environment where it was really like people, like Lac Saint-Jean, I don't know what's the name of those regions. Yeah, yeah, the north, the east, the south, the west, whatever. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the way we were raised was really much like try to stay Arab and Muslim as much as possible, like indoors, to not attract like... How old are you now? I'm turning 30. No, because I'm trying to think in 2001. I was six. Okay, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, because you were the new wave in that sense. Yeah, yeah. We're the new wave. I got very bullied because of uh, September 11. Like, it was a mess. Really? Really But much. how could they tell? If you didn't see it, it's not like you look that typical so, Arabic girl. No, 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 I don't. And if I showed a picture of me when I was six... I saw a picture. It's cute. Yeah, it's cute. Like, you Just, would never think that you would bully that person. I don't know <laughs> about normal. that. What does a person that get bullied look like, please? I got bullied. Like an ass. I don't know. <laughs> Like just wow. an annoying person. <laughs> There's some children that you, you know the people like that get annoying. bullied are the victims, right? I was a victim. Okay, that, and I was that, looking so, cute. So you should know. <laughs> so the thing is, when see, I'm sorry, I'm starting to talk like you now. The Ooh. thing is, ah, yes, you made me, you made that <laughs> remark. Um, I think the first time that I remember that I went to Algeria, I was five. You were born here. There, but I came. I was one. Ah, okay. But my parents were already here. Okay. So I think it was around like four or five. So I started to see like different things over there that like shocked me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did the New Year's Eve for 2001 over there. And we were losing electricity, whatever. People speaking Arabic. Like I wasn't used to hear as many people speak Arabic. Because for me it was only my parents and maybe my sisters. Okay. And then we had an event where they were like slaughtering like the sheep and stuff. But for me, it wasn't a shock. It was just like, oh my God, that's so cool. So when I went Killing back, people is so cool. Killing it wasn't people. No, come on. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it was like a first for me. Yeah, yeah. It's cultural. Yeah. So I went back to school. And I remember there was me and another Moroccan dude. And this guy was only speaking Arabic. Mm-hmm. And I come back and I tell my people, oh my God, we hate Jesus. We just like Mohammed. We keep, like, all we do during our vacation is to kill, like, the sheeps and stuff. 
And I would just throw in like words in Arabic. Mm-hmm. And then September 11 happened. And then, puff, the first thing that happened, like they're like pulling my hair. Your dad is Ben Laden. He needs to die. You need to die as well, blah, blah. And I was bullied and hit all the time. And then my parents were just like, listen, you stop saying Algerian. You stop saying Arab. You stop speaking one word in Arabic. Like, stop. Because we used to go see the principal. The principal was like, w- yeah. What neighborhood did you grow up in? La Salle. <clears throat> Which is a paradox because La Salle is very mixed. It didn't make any sense. A lot more now, but yeah, but way back then it was a at good At the 15. school that I used to go, it was only like, it was a mix. Like, okay. I don't really remember having done much. But people are dumb when they're scared, huh? keep in mind, especially younger kids. Yeah. And, and then obviously now that I'm older and I understand more, I blame mostly like the parents. But then should I blame them if they're ignorant? Can I you mean, blame an ignorant? I cannot blame an ignorant. Mm-hmm. I can blame an ignorant that knows that have the resources to learn and they don't use it. That's very delicate of a comment. It is. It's very delicate. It's like, for example, like I told you, I never met a Jew until 2018. Yeah. I was never in an environment where I was mixed with the Jews and stuff like that. Okay. So obviously I had, I would say thoughts, maybe stereotypes. Stereotypes. Like it's not the stereotypes. stereotypes. Say it as it is. <laughs> say it as it is. Stereotypes. Yeah. But... I knew that when I started to meet Jews, mm-hmm. I couldn't just judge them based on the stereotypes that I had. I was asking them the most dumbest questions ever. Like, and our first Jew was my boss. Okay. And I was like, how long have you been living here? He said, 10 years. I said, oh shit, sit down with me. And I was like, what do you guys eat? What do you guys listen to? How do you guys dress? Do you know like the Orthodox? What's the difference between you and the... So that would, so, so that would make you ignorant. Yeah, but I decided to ask directly the questions. And then wait, 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 wait. Now yeah. I'm playing devil's advocate here. It's fine. You said 2018, right? Yeah. Or 2023. That's five 18. years ago. Yeah. Right? That's five Very years recent. ago. Very recent. Yeah. Very recent. So yeah. you were ignorant for 25 years. Yeah. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah. Imagine now people that didn't have the luxury of meeting. Because you had the luck to have a boss that was from a different culture, okay. different religion. That's why traveling is important. Yeah. Right? The thing is, ignorant people, like we claim, yes, because maybe they don't have the priority or they don't give a fuck. 100%. Right? Those who live in the north of Quebec, the kindest people I've ever met. Yeah, true. Right? Very open-minded. Very open-minded. But the thing is, they don't know any they better. Know. I they was... tell you straightforward. They tell you, I don't know. So I'm just oh, yeah. don't be offended if I ask you, like, yeah, questions. But they don't even need to come with a warning. I was at a wedding with a Peruvian friend of mine with a Quebec from mm. there. And already they had to understand and comprehend Latinos, right? South Americans. And then I arrived there. And the thing is, people like us, we can pretty much be anything. Yeah. We can be Jewish, Portuguese, Italian, Greeks, mm. Lebanese, Algerian, Moroccan. It could be anything. I even get Latino sometimes. So if I don't open up my mouth. Now, nah, because you know your kind. But if I don't open up my mouth yeah. or I'm surrounded with people. I played soccer with Latinos. I didn't say a word. They thought I was Latino. When I play with Portuguese, they thought I was Portuguese, right? We go everywhere. Yeah. Well, there's certain places we can, but anyway. And at one point, he's like, oh, what's your nationality? I'm like, I'm Algerian. And I had a beard in my hand, right? It was a wedding. And he looks at me, he's like, oh, you're not like the others. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed. And I was like, 
and I had an opportunity or to get offended like everybody is. Oh my God, how dare you say that? Blah, blah, blah. You're so ignorant. And I was like, who are these others? (laughs) And I had fun with it. Right. But he was very receptive. In the sense, he was like, I'm coming from a place of ignorance here. 100%. He's like, because he's like, you have to understand us. They live six hours away from Montreal. They have maybe two black guys in that city and one Latino now. Yeah. Right. That's pretty much it. And he's like, the only information we have of your culture, of your country are the news. And the issue with news is it's only bad news. It's never good news. Never good. Never good news. <laughs> so they show you bad news. And the yeah. bad news they show on people that resemble us mm-hmm. or they think that are culturally. Trying to explain to people that I'm not Arabic, I'm Berber, is a hell of a fun time to do it, to have. Yes. And people get offended and a lot of people. And there's even ignorance among, among Algerians. I had an Algerian come. I think come, they're the most ignorant, to be honest. But among themselves, <gasps> it's so bad. I had an Algerian come to me. He's like, "Oh, you're Berber. That means you don't think you're Algerian." I'm like, "Wait, what does oh that have God. to do with the other?" <laughs> I'm like, "Wait, what?" If anything, that's the source of the Algerian. <laughs> no, but I'm like, Algeria is the country, nation. Yeah. Berber is the culture. Yeah. You're like, yeah, but all the Berbers I know say they're not Algerian. I'm like, no, that's not what they say. They say they're not Arabic. There's a big difference. But people, sadly, little star. Yes. A lot of the new generation. Yes. Of Kabil mm-hmm. in MTL, mm-hmm. they say we're not Algerian. Mm-hmm. We're very just Kabil. You know why they say that? Honestly, tell me why. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the reason why that generation specifically is yeah. because of the struggle with the government. When they say they're not Algerian, that means they don't identify to the government. Yeah, not to the people, mm-hmm. to the government. Because the government, for so many years, it's until recently, all the way to 2002, I think, Berber was a dialect. It wasn't even a language. Funny thing is, 99.9% of North Africa is at least half Berber. When I try to explain to people, when the Arabs came, they didn't come with their wives and their kids. Men came and then had their families. So minimum, you're 50% Berber. Now, culturally speaking, for Berbers or any culture, it's important to keep those little things. And the thing is, North Africa, a lot of people don't understand. There was the Arabic movement and then there was the Muslim movement. Those are two different things that literally happen at the same time. Yeah. Now, religion, like many people, and that's another thing with Berbers, where they're like, listen, some Berbers I know are Christian mm. because when France was there, they were cool with the Berbers because the Berbers were like, yo, we lost our land a long time ago. <laughs> we just want peace. Yeah. And they were like, okay, you guys are cool. Yet the revolution started with the Berbers. That's the irony of it all, because they push their luck too much, yeah. and they're like, okay, wait now. Yeah, Let's yeah, stop yeah. it. But historically speaking, because now I have kids, I have to explain to them, and my kids are technically half Arabic, half Berber. Their mom is Arabic from Oran, right? They don't relate to anything in the sorts. Now, my daughter's getting, uh, like, you know, growing, and she's like, okay, so now I'm Algerian, I'm Berber and Arabic, mm. and I'm Muslim. So she has to go and find the information. My side of the family, we're not the most Muslim people out there. Mm. We're just about, you know, religions between me and God. You do you, I do me. I do not impose. I do not judge. Then there's the language. She wants to speak Berber. She wants to speak Arabic. I got no problem with that as long as you speak French and English properly. Mm. Because I'm trying to give you a future here. Arabic and Berber is not going to give you much in life. Except she's going to Dubai. but Maybe it could happen in the future. <laughs> Anything's possible. So because of that, these new generations feel yeah. like they need to pick a team. But what they don't understand is 
you can be Berber and Algerian at the same time. <laughs> One does not eliminate We're the other. We're on the same team. Exactly. And the more the merrier, to be honest. But these kids that repeat these stupidities is because their parents are saying the government is shit. The yeah. Algerian government is shit. So how, the way they separate it is Algerians and Berbers. But deep down, if you so listen to them, it's the same thing. So it's just they don't agree because all this shit going on in the country. Now I'm like, we're here. Yeah. It's funny because, you know, North Africa, Algeria, and Morocco are in beef. Yet when they leave the country, Maghreb united. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, because at the end of the day, if you go back enough, North Africa was the same country. You know, media, yeah, yeah, among yeah, other yeah. things. So I'm like, hey, it's not because the white man decided to cross a line in the sand and separate these places. All of a sudden, you're a stranger for me, mm-hmm. right? If I see a North African team win or a North African country do something good i'm happy of course right if i hear a berber oh you're a berber from Morocco. no we're not the same stop it now it never ends but sadly this new generation because we have so many genders so many titles to add right everybody has to create a subgroup right are you vegetarian vegan <laughs> you eat meat only fish carnivore are you straight i gay, stop vegetarian bisexual. to be honest <laughs> i do not understand at all i was vegetarian for five years But it was for health and a challenge in so many ways. But that's because the mother of my kids had cancer. The first Mm. thing they told her to do was to cut meat. Mm. So I found it ironic. Why would you wait until she gets sick to cut off the meat out? So I did my research and they were like, listen, if you cut red meat, you have 50% chances, 50 more chances of not getting cancer. So I'm like, hey, my kids already had one parent have cancer. Let me put the odds in my favor. And I became vegetarian. Then I moved back to my parents for three months. Yeah. Because I was waiting for this condo to be built. So <laughs> my mom my mom is impossible. Like, it's impossible. She made me a lasagna. She said, yeah, it's vegetarian. And then I look, I'm like, there's meat. She's like, yeah, but I put four bags of spinach. <laughs> I'm like, that's not how it works. <laughs> I don't think it's for us. My sister, once she said that she was starting this Beyonce thing, she announced <laughs> that she was going to be vegan for like 28 days. And when my sister wanted to do it, it was Ramadan. So that was easy. Oh, well, no. At mm. suppers at night, yeah. Exactly. Burek vegan, that's going to be interesting. And I was the one cooking at home. Okay. So I was super happy because for me, vegan, like she just told me, like nothing meat related, animal related and stuff. No eggs, no butter, no nothing. That was too much for me, but <laughs> I tried to make an effort. Mm-hmm. So the supper comes and I'm like, oh my God, I cook for you only things that you can eat. None of the things you could eat. Burek <laughs> like milk and uh, butter yeah. and stuff. It was impossible. And she was like, no, anything that comes from the animal. Yeah, even honey. That's no, an no. insect. It still comes from living things. Vegan that's, is everything that has to do. That's why they don't wear leather those or people, uh, la soie, whatever it's called there. Those people, I respect them, but they're creating issues. But it's the them problem at the end of the day. I have a lot of vegan friends. The, yeah, that no, concerns them. They're regular people. They just pick They pick and choose. But at the end of the day, if you've traveled now, right? Yeah. Plus, you'll see that people have different ways of thinking, different ways true. of living. As long as you respect them. Yeah. I have no problem. Because the thing is, that would be a hypocrite. Meaning that, oh, if you go to Dubai, for example, you have to follow their cultures, their rules. What do you mean, no? Oh, yes, continue. (laughs) No. (laughs) Do you know who I am? (laughs) Right? 
you go, you have to follow their rules, and that's yeah. how things are. Yeah, you go yeah, to yeah. Japan, you have to follow. You go to Tokyo, you can't spit. You can't yeah. eat gum. That's yeah. illegal, yeah. right? Because they want to clean, keep the country uh, clean. We can find that ridiculous here, yeah. but you got to respect it. I'm coming to your house. I'm going to respect your rules. If I don't like your rules, I don't go to your house. 100%. It's as simple as that. Now, you can find them stupid. You can find them whatever you want. At the end of the day, each their own. If that's your rules, you you have to inform me of your rules. Yeah. After that, that's the only most important part. Like, I don't like surprises. Right? If you come and invite me for supper, I'll give you an example in the veganism world. You invite me for supper, and you're like, oh, it's going to be a vegan meal. Yeah. I have the choice to eat before going. Not going True. or going and trying something new. True. Those are my options. True. But I cannot go and complain knowing that I knew. That's very true. So That's if true. I so if I go to any country where let's just say uh, uh, was uh, the Saudis where women couldn't drive, yeah. if a woman goes there, she's like, oh, but I want to drive. Yeah, but these are the rules here. Now that rule changed, but yeah. you know what I mean. Like yeah, you can't go yeah, there and yeah. be surprised anymore. Exactly. You go to LA, the most stupidest thing way back when in the nineties, early two thousands. In certain neighborhoods in LA, you couldn't wear red or blue because it was gang-related, the Crips and the Bloods. If you're warned, then you're like, I don't care. I'm going to wear red. And then you get shot. You can't complain. It's like pretty much wearing a bikini in a very, you know, Muslim country, and then you get arrested. Well, they did warn you. Now, you do whatever you got to do. The same thing happened here in Quebec, but it's reverse. Like in France, too. They come and approach it like, we're open to everybody. But but <laughs> but you can't do you if it's gonna offend everybody. Exactly. You see, yeah. so it's this is the problem. I love Quebec. I love Canada. It just changed a lot the last 10, 15 years. Too much. It feels like they don't know. It's like pretty much Trudeau. Mm-hmm. He's trying to satisfy everybody at the same way he's satisfying nobody. Right? He's he's pretty much saying happy New Year's or happy Eid every fucking day. Yes. <laughs> all the cultures, that's all he's doing. <laughs> But yet I'm like, you can still be you. Just respect and that's it and move on. You don't need to wear the clothes, act like the people, speak the language. Just do you. Problem is people are so worried to offend that they try everything and at the same time they offend everybody. And it never ends. That's why I have to respect these other countries. They're like, these are my rules. Follow them or don't come. But you know, for example, in Dubai, the reason why people respect those rules is because back in the days, they used to apply everything that was written black on white. And then the people got scared of the consequences Mm -hmm. because they saw that, okay, for real, if I do steal something, they're going to cut my hands. Mm -hmm. They got scared, so then they just stopped. If um, I rape someone, I'm going to be executed in the middle of the city. Is there a wrong thing with that one? Well, I'm talking about the second one. The first one is a bit exaggerated there. I mean... If you rape someone... Yeah, like they used to bring the people in town and just yeah, 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 size the head in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. So it shocks the people. And in a way, it educated the people. Are the consequences it conditioned the people. It didn't educate the people. Conditioned, conditioned the people. There's a big difference. I told you, my English did this. No, 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 but conditioning is out of... So you know how Le Chien Pavlov, for example. Right. right? You, you, you get people used to right. a certain thing, right? So the, the whole experience was... He had a dog that was starving. Yeah. So you would hit a bell, open the door, and give food for a week straight. In response to that, the dog started surviving. And then at one point, he would just hit the bell, yeah. and the dog would start surviving. Because yeah. he taught him, he conditioned him, that every time you hear the bell, food is going to be coming. Yeah. 
they did this with monkeys. Every time they hit a buzzer, it would get electrocuted, mm. right? So there was like a, a stair or whatever with bananas on top. And every time they would go, they would get... And at one point, they wouldn't do anything and leave the bananas. And nobody would go up. They conditioned them. Yeah. But that's... We're humans. That's all we do. Society condition us. Exactly. We're right, they're wrong. I don't find that it was a wrong way, like a wrong thing to do. It was an extreme thing to do. It was an extreme thing to do. But as you said, like sometimes you try to satisfy everybody, but at the end you cannot Mm -hmm. satisfy everybody. It's like you have humans that come from all around the world, different backgrounds, different education, different languages, different everything. Something could be extreme to me that it's not to you. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? You just go to the extreme once and for all. (laughs) You condition everybody the same way, so nobody reaches those called extreme. dictatorship. But yes, okay, it's fine. If but it it's fine if it's if it's a good dictator. That's listen, the thing. It's fine if at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the society is a society that respects everybody. If you go to a place where you see that it's not a place where people will insult you, where you will not be disrespected so, and stuff. So if respect is imposed out of fear and respect is given out of respect, do you find there is a difference? It's out of fear. I mean, as of today, it's not as a fear anymore. Not anymore, but now they, because they're conditioned. Yeah. Because for generations, they were cutting off hands and killing people in the square, in the central square. But for rightful reasons. If the reasons are good. Because that's what I mean by that. And I, your examples that you gave are actually good because it's good for security, respect, yeah. and all that. But there's other things where it went a bit too far. And I don't know in Dubai specifically, I haven't been, but dictatorships exaggerate. They get hungry with power. Mm-hmm. And the thing is they use, in this case, maybe religion, others it's money, others it's power, whatever it is. Because if you go and take an example, and I'm not going to embark on this subject, but just mm-hmm. to give you an example, Israel and Palestine right now. Mm-hmm. Right? One is going on an extreme on the other, but they're justifying it by its retaliation. Yeah, Depending on who you ask... Right? But they're like, hey, we had to go on extremes. They're because for security. Yeah. They took kids, women, blah, 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 blah. Right? So if I'm if I'm on the Israel side with your mentality, it's justifiable. Mm, no. You see? No. No, because you're you're separating both. But put yourself so let's reverse the roles. Let's just say Dubai. You know Dubai, right? So Dubai are cool. And then a little country that lost a lot of land, Oman or whatever. Right, because the, the the borders are not what they used to be. They decide to do whatever they did like October seventh. And they're like, yo, we have to have, you know, revenge and security, blah, 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 blah. Cut off all their hands or eyes or whatever it is. Mm. And they do it. With your mentality, you're gonna be like, Yeah, we had to go to these extremes for future generations to be good. Right? No. <laughs> you know I'm right. I disagree. <laughs> I, I get why you disagree because you're in the and the winner's side right now. No, because the only reason why I agree with this mentality mm-hmm. is when I look at the bigger picture, society-wise. Not economically speaking, not... So uh, what is the bigger picture? Just like it's a nice country to live in, comfortably speaking. Yeah, yeah but there's a lot of countries like that. No. Yeah, of course. Like what? I can tell you multiple little countries, humble countries. You don't need to have the extravagant because it depends on what you want, neither like the richness and all this, you can have a little island that's living very normally living yes, from okay, Islam. That's, true. that's what I mean. Yeah. The thing is, when you come into the civilized world, like yeah. they call it, right, yeah. where there's money and power and influence, mm. 
that's where it gets a little bit iffy. Because Dubai, like any other influenceable country, are influenced by public opinion. And that's why they did a 180 right now, because they're trying to get the public opinion on their favor. Look, we're cool too. We're open to everybody, but it's only one state. The rest of the states, it's a different story. A different this story. is the place where you can play and have fun. Yeah. The rest, you got to follow these fucking rules. Yeah. So it's all public opinion. Qatar, what they did for the World Cup was all about public opinion. And then all of a sudden, they're like, okay, but gays can't come. Or oh, you can't show it in public. You cannot wear sh- shorts. And if you're going to drink, you have to drink in the square feet between this time and this time. Right? For them, it's a big compromise. Yeah. I agree for them. But for public opinion, it isn't. And when you're getting an international event, people from different cultures in different countries, you can be a little bit more flexible as you could be tighter. It's your choice. But public opinion remains. Why would I go to that World Cup if you're going to impose to me what celebrating for my country is what is partying and stuff like that see where it gets delicate yeah but then what were the results of the world cup money talks bullshit walks no forget about the money but it's all about the money i know (laughs) but i mean in an environment where everybody was traveling to go to qatar even though they were against the father was in an arabic slash muslim country and stuff yes they went and it had the best reviews ever yes like the best entertainment less fights everybody got along yeah yeah I agree. I've been to four World Cups. I didn't go to the one in Qatar. My favorite one is South Africa by far. They're open people. They're cool. Do yeah. what you must. I don't care. Mm. As long as you respect the town, the city, and the people. That was the Makes only sense. requirement. But to give a Qatar idea, they arrested an Algerian because he had a Berber flag. They thought it was LGBTQ. <laughs> exactly. Funny, but not funny. <laughs> get what I'm saying? <laughs> because we had three colors. <laughs> four, actually, with the Z in the middle. So when I moved to Dubai, it's been exactly a year. Yes. So the first day I moved, I was in Dubai was on the 22nd of November, mm. which was when the World Cup started. It started like on the 20th or yeah. 21st, whatever. So it was actually the first time that I met uh, like Saudi people and people from Qatar and stuff. Um, and everybody was just wa- watching the games. And then at one point, me, I was obviously supporting Morocco because... Why not? Why was it obvious? I'm confused here. You are Algerian? Yes. Okay. No, I'm just checking. <laughs> I know a lot of Algerians wouldn't because of the whole social... So when I was calling my mom... I was for Morocco too. Don't get me wrong. I like Cinderella. I was Cinderella calling stories. my mom. I will not say where she works. I will okay. not say with whom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she was telling me that nobody was with Morocco. There was a lot of Algerians around her? Yes. Okay. But... I would say it was biased because of all of those politics. Yeah, yeah, it's bullshit, but it is what it is. Sports and, and politics are two different things, yes. Exactly. So just like, I do not want to be that person that mixes the two and then retract like the fun out of it, etc. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We still like one people, uh, one tribe at the end of the day. Anyway, so I'm supporting Morocco and then I see those people from the Gulf region. Uh, hmm, they I know where you're going with this. They weren't even... Um, holding the Moroccan flag. They were holding the Algerian flag. Why? No idea why. Algeria wasn't even in the World Cup. Exactly. That is so weird. And even me, I didn't go with the Algerian like shirt, yeah, which well. as a normal Algerian, I would do even if there's no game. Yeah, yeah. If there's no games, yes. You have a flag with you, by the way? <laughs> but two days ago, I wore the, short, the shirt for no <laughs> reason. Um, so I'm talking to them. I'm like, why Algeria? And they're like, because they're playing. And I'm like, 
that's not them at all. Like, this is Morocco. And they're like, oh, it's the same. I'm like, okay, same, same, but different. This is a very Indian, by the way, sentence. Same, same, but different. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, but they're Arabic and stuff. And I'm like, you know that the Moroccans, they identify less as Arabic than us Algerians. Well, it depends who you ask in Algeria, but yes, okay. In Algeria, yes, like depend who I ask. No, but where, meaning but uh, the Berbers, yeah, but I get it. Well, like the Berbers. All the Moroccans uh, that I knew, like growing up and stuff, they would automatically say, like, they're not Arabic. They would and say then, they were what? Uh, Berber. They have the biggest population of Berbers in the exactly. world. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then to the people that don't understand or to make it easy and stuff, they'll be like, yeah, we're Arabs, you know, like just to make it yeah, simplify yeah. it. Anyway, so they're like, yeah, we need to support like each other and stuff. Anyway, time flies. Other games come. Morocco is going up and stuff. And then I'm still talking to those people that I'm meeting. And I'm like, guys, you need to understand something. Like you're supporting Morocco. Fine. But like on a regular day when the World Cup is not happening, when it's not in Qatar, you guys don't see us as Arabs. You guys see us as like the low class of the Arabic of the Muslims in the world. We do yes. not associate with you guys. And now we became one. I'm like, just understand something. At the end of the day, with all the money that you guys will have to make a World Cup, to make anything, mm -hmm. in the other Western people, you still be Arabs. And Which the white Arabs? People, they were, like, for the Western people, the whole region is just Arab. They do not make a difference between this is a Berber, Adam and uh, this guy well, is from uh, Kabili, this guy is from Shewi. Like, it depends on things. which country, and I'll give you an example of that. Lebanese. There's a lot of people that knows. Yeah, but I'll give you Lebanese. Well. But I'll give you Lebanese. Lebanese, okay. Lebanese will never be seen as, especially in the Western, as Arabs. They're the high end, right? When it comes to music, and there are a lot of Christians there, right? Yes. Because the thing is, a lot of people mix Arab and Muslim. Yes. They think it's the same thing. Same thing. But it's not. It's not. Right? There's a lot of Arabs, Jewish Arabs, yeah. right? Palestine had all three, and they were all Palestinians at the time. Yeah. A lot of Jewish and stuff. Even Christianity, there's Christians here and there, yeah. North Africa, Libya, and stuff like yeah. that. So it's fascinating. There's certain Arabs, certain specific Arabs that are seen internationally. So they think all Arabs have turbans. That's for the Western world. Mm. And it's very bipolar in their vision. It's or they think you're a turban billionaire. Yeah. Or you're a turban terrorist. There's no in between. <laughs> There's no in between. <laughs> and that's where it gets. Yeah. And that's what gets very fascinating when you sit down with these people, you talk to them, because that's all they see on TV. Movies. I but I find it even more fascinating when it's within the Arabs themselves. Like yeah, for me, it's the movies they see too. <laughs> for me, the logic is mm -hmm. for my logic, for okay, the stereotypes I have, whatever you want to call it. You have a lot. I have a lot. Yes, you do. We all have a lot, if we're being honest. Not all, but no, you have a we lot have more than usual. That's fine. I accept it. Yeah, because you try to protect yourself. <clears throat> I know the why. No, but yeah. I mean, I would have never thought that someone that is from the Gulf region mm -hmm. wouldn't know as much as we know from our region. But I'll tell you the why. The same way as we know okay. a lot from the region. I'll give you a very and simple then I was like, hmm. Africans, poor people, yeah. have a better understanding of the world than Westerners. You know why? Because Westerners, like the Gulf region, are rich people. They have rich people problems. They don't care about the rest. There's them and whatever fuss there is there. So I have this... Uh, my partner is from there. 
Your partner, your, your my boyfriend. Okay, it's yeah. from the UAE. Okay, local. He's a we prince. We call them local. He's a prince. I don't know. Maybe I'm waiting for the surprise. <laughs> and this week he he so he's supposed to have a flight because he works uh, with me. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to have a flight to Algeria <laughs> in two weeks or next. Did you week. prepare? <laughs> I'm trying. So when we met and we were talking and stuff, like for them, meeting Algerians, and it felt good for once. Okay. <laughs> it was like meeting la crème de la crème. All right. Of the Arabic nations. Of the Arabic nations or North African nations? The Arabic nation. Oh, okay. Not of the North African. They don't even know, I think, where it's North Africa. Like it's that close off. Um, they were like, yeah, like Algerian, like they're, they're polite, like they're very straightforward, like they're... They're not known for like hypocrisy, whatever. They're very conservative, like in their beliefs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So depends who you meet, but yes, that's what I say. <laughs> but that's not what they say. And the vision that the people over there have of us as a community is totally different than the vision that we have ourselves with our community here in Montreal, for example. Okay. Or like in France and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I can say that people here are like ghettoish. Like, they do not want to evolve, blah, blah, especially from a region that we know in Montreal. C'est Leonard. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> say it as it is. Um, the hood. Those people. Mm-hmm. Those people. No, yeah, those people. And I know a lot of people from there, like, you know, they're following what success means in the Western world. But anyway. Yeah, okay. I'll... In the Gulf... Those people, like the Algerians, are like very people that work hard. Like they're very polite. They don't make any issues. They're very like, well, they're always down to earth, but like very yeah. humble stuff like that. So I was happy. So I'm like, yeah, I'm Algerian, and he's uh, like, yeah, we like those people, blah blah. It's a, it's a, we're gonna be a good mix in the future, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So every time I try to give him insight. Of like, listen, you need to understand that, yes, okay, from the outside, let's say, to make it easy, we're an Arab country. Mm-hmm. But our culture is Berber. Yes. And I'm like, my mom is very Arab. My dad is very Berber. They don't speak the same thing. My mom is basically clueless after 40 years of marriage, where my dad is from, <laughs> what do they do, etc. And that's a happy marriage for you folks. <laughs> don't ask questions, just do it. You yeah, know? for sure. I'm like, even within the communities, like people are ignorant a little bit. I'm like, but you need to understand that you cannot expect from me to just, oh, she's Arab, so she's going to understand how we work and our culture, etc. I'm like, it's not that. And he's like, okay, fine. And then I think two days ago before I came, we were on the phone. He was like, yeah, I'm going to Algeria. And like a month ago, he went to Tunisia. And I was like, you know, when you go out in Algeria, like it's not the same as in Tunisia. Yes, we're going to be in Algiers and blah, blah, blah. But Tunisia is way more open. Mm-hmm. People drink outside. It's just not the same. The food is not the same. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I know you guys are barbarian. Okay. Oh, my God. That struck the biggest nerve. Why? It's not the jokes that I like to hear. Why? Because jokes, most of the time, reflect uh, a truth. Yeah. So chances are he thinks he's better than you. I don't think I would go that far. Ah well. Okay, I don't want to believe that that's <laughs> okay. what he believes. <laughs> There's a big difference, but the thing is, it's okay. It is okay. It's okay, but it's not what what I want to believe. 
to remove an issue from my head. So you you're voluntarily being ignorant. I mean, why would I force myself to accept and believe that for sure my partner is believing that he's better than me? I didn't say force yourself now here. Wait, there's a difference. The thing is, there's two ways of seeing this. I always said this on the pod. If I one day I would meet a racist, for example, I would love to have them on the pod because I want to know why. Yeah. What happened? What did you see or what did you hear yeah. that got you there? Yeah. There's a lot of conditions. The thing is, there's no, as I consider myself open-minded, extremely open-minded, yet there's still things in this world that yeah. shocks me, culturally speaking, uh, religiously speaking, and whatever. Everybody could justify their acts, good or bad, mm. with anything. It was God, it was the government, it was money, it was drugs. What it, the excuses are there. Now, there's an arrogance among cultures. There is an arrogance, regardless of how you see it. And the reason why Algerians of Montreal are different from Algerians in Dubai is because Algerians that go to Dubai come with a chip over the shoulder. Mm. They come there, they're like, listen, these guys are ultra rich, ultra wealthy. We're nothing for them. We have to step up our game to get to that level. When we come to Montreal, we say the white man is inferior to us. That's not how I see it. I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Because as I told you, like to live there, Mm -hmm. you need a visa. Mm-hmm. So obviously the people that come from Algeria and want to move to the UAE, mm-hmm. they need to work. Mm-hmm. If they get fired, they have maybe like 30 days to find a new job before they become illegal in the country. Mm-hmm. So they need to follow the rules. I don't see it as them like knowing that it's very different regarding like the money and the aspects of life and stuff like that. I see it as they have no choice. So that's why they're just following the rule book. But y- you have to ask your parents that. When they arrived here, I'm sure they were very humbled, very hardworking people, put their head down, and they knew they had an opportunity here, a chance that it was given, and they can't mess it up. They have kids, and this is their one chance. It's this new generation that thinks the world owes them something. It's culturally, it's socially, among all these things. My father has more diplomas than everybody I know, pretty much. This guy studied in the United States, sat down with presidents, vice presidents. He was in Algeria top, and he was working for the United Nations, right? So Algerian, not Algerian, he was there. He was a doctor. They used to call him, can I speak to doctor? I'm like, there's no doctor here because he's not a medicine doctor, yeah. right? And when we came here, right, because of the situation going on in Algeria, he was supposed to be a McGill University professor in economy. And they told him he was overqualified, he's not under. Yeah, because here there's a rule that you have to pay depending, you know, to the level of you yeah. are. My father was like, listen, I don't care what you pay me. I need a job. I need to provide to my family. Yeah. I have three kids, a wife. This is a new country, new language, new everything. I, I learned French here. Yeah. And they're like, listen, these are the rules. We can't do anything. So my father opened up a coffee shop at the beginning. He tried everything, everything. And then he finally left. Mm. Right. But he never went against it in the sense that, oh, like I'm better than anything or anything. I had an opportunity, it didn't work out. So I have to find a solution because that generation, all the way to maybe my generation, where people are looking for solutions. We don't focus on the problem. Of course. This is the situation. We can't do nothing about it. Yeah. Now what can we do yeah. to make it work? This new generation is a bit different. Very we have a certain arrogance that I don't even know where it comes from. It's not even deserved, right? And yes, we are nervous people. Yes, we are very proud people. But we're not necessarily violent people. 
this is a new wave. This is a thing of, oh, I'm better than you. I am this, I am that, just because I'm born or I have an Algerian passport. I find it ridiculous. I'm a very proud... No, no, but that, <laughs> well, it takes you to Cuba. <laughs> but it's just ironic. But we do the same thing in other countries. Every country does it, but just differently in a different language. We are more familiar to ours because we live with our people. We yeah. see it more. And we still have that. We're proud people. Little Algerian wins a little gold medal. I'm like, yeah, man, we had this. Even though I haven't been, well, I go back to Algeria, but I haven't lived there in over 30 years. Mm. So when we go to these countries, it humbles us. These Muslim countries, Arabic countries, high end. But when we come to these countries like Canada, like, yo, you stole your country. It doesn't even have culture. You guys have nothing. You only have Putin and you're just talking shit. And then <laughs> we have this, we're better than you guys. But when you go to these other countries, yeah. we're like, okay, we'll, we'll make our own spot. We'll create it. It's as simple as that. But one is not better than the other. It's just a state of mind. Because the situations are different. If you go to Russia, there's a lot of Algerians in Russia. Mm. They go there, I'm for sure know that they're not acting like they're better than the Russians. 100%. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they're like, you know, I respect yeah. their power. I respect these old countries. They go to China, it's the same thing. Look at what Chinese did in Algeria. They came in, they're like, listen, you guys have your culture, cool. Yeah, We're just yeah, here to yeah. make money, bada bing, bada boom. Everything is done and cool. And they did everything for themselves. They learned the language. They, they even the married food. the women. They even married the women. Yeah. But that's the thing. But then when we come to Canada or to France, we're like, we're better than you guys. Do you think it's because we have too many people of our country that live there already? So instead of trying to mix themselves with the rest of the country, they just attach themselves to True. their own people? Probably. But the thing is, you see, Algerians adapt well. But when they don't, it's because they don't want to. When they go to Dubai, they go, they adapt. Because there's rules. But there's rules everywhere. No, because as I said, if you move to yeah, the country, visa, but here too, you have you have a visa to come in. <laughs> I have people knocking at my door every day for work with a, a student visa, uh, not even a student visa, a tourist visa, and they want me to give them a thing. People are struggling yeah, too. Yeah, but they want to change the status. Or else they get kicked out. Yeah, I understand. Same thing. But that's what I mean. Like if they have something to hold them by, pardon my language, but by the balls, they're going to be oh. like more... But the thing is, Canada is different because it's a little bit more free. They have a lot more exactly situations like going on. At the on. end of the day, like you apply, I don't know, like you get sponsored because you're married, etc. Yeah, yeah. Those things, you just get your residency, and then no, it's easier. But there's other countries except Dubai that you know to go to Russia, China, China. Russia. I think they only accept one passport. If you go and become Russian, you have to let go of all the other passports. So, again, if you really want to have a chance to make it... You know, it's funny that you bring this up because... So, obviously, I have both passports. Yes. One is very useful. The other one, very much not. Okay. And if it does work out with my partner... Yeah. He wants to give me his. Okay. His only accepts two. Yeah. Including his. Mm -hmm. We all know which one you're keeping. But it's such a debate in my head. Why? Because I feel like letting go of the passport. That we Your Algerian have. passport, yes. Let's not <laughs> act don't like... Don't say a... it out loud. <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> okay. What? It makes you less Algerian? It feels like I'm like letting go of my... Betrayal. I... Yes. Oh, my God. Really? The first day that he brought up this conversation, I got so stressed. Mm -hmm. And I started to tear up. Okay. But what does that have to do? You still can go back to Algeria. 
Mm-hmm. I know, but it just hits different. No, that's that's you. you. Go with like a visa <laughs> or something. No, it hits different. The only reason I did my Algerian passport is because I didn't want to go through the whole headache of seeing them. Oh, you're Algerian, but you come with another passport, <laughs> or you come with a visa. You should be shamed of you yeah. <laughs> of yourself. But after that, at the end of the day, why would I care? Because even though our identity, whatever it is, our I'm still Algerian with shit, with or without a passport. Shit, annoying, not annoying, too proud, not enough. No, never not enough. Problem. Our like, biggest Algerian stuff. scholars don't even have an Algerian passport. They're in exile. That doesn't make them less Algerian. That's all in your head. Yes. And it's to give an opportunity to your kids afterwards. A Canadian passport is a lot more helpful. I would never let go of the Canadian one. Why? You have loyalty to Canada or just because it's more practical? No, because it's more practical. (laughs) Exactly. It's really really more practical than the Algerian one. The Algerian one was more practical that you can go to more countries and stuff like that. I would think about it. You wouldn't even think about it. If the, the Algerian passport was better, you would go with the Algerian passport. You're going here to have a better chance, a better life. Yeah, but I feel more... So So go back to Algeria then. If you re- no, you see? You see? <laughs> but you see, you play Maybe both... Maybe if ways. we take the people out of the country... Yeah, I say that often. Back. I don't have a problem with Algeria. I have a problem with Algerians. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, the thing is, I feel like... That's why I was saying, like, the way I was raised and stuff like that regarding my practice of religion and stuff. So, like, the parents give you the culture and they just tell you, like, okay, you're Muslim and we're from Algeria. Mm-hmm. And then when you grow up and you start to learn and stuff, it becomes a decision to understand where you're actually from and what you actually believe in. Okay. Okay. And then I actually decided to go back and to see what makes us Algerian. What's the definition of what did you for find? me to be an Algerian. And now I, I feel that I'm even more Algerian than Canadian because of that feeling that I'm not able to have here. So by whatever. me giving back the passport. Yeah, it's going to be like less. Ripping out this Yeah, but with identity. that same mentality, you getting married to non-Algerian, you would be starting losing your culture there too. Yes and no. I'll tell you why. So... Our culture is very mm-hmm. diverse. It's very mixed. There's a lot of things in our culture. It's very, yes. I would say, complicated. <laughs> not easy. Yes, It's not easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, their culture, so we have very much like the same culture as if we talk about the Arabic culture. Wait, what? The Arabic culture that we share. With who? With the people from the Gulf. is very much the same. Mm. But it's not evolved that much compared to ours because us, we were like mixed with so many different other like countries colonization etc so our culture is mixed i'm gonna let you finish i'm having a debate with this i'm I'm having a struggle with this one but okay go ahead theirs is not mixed at all or whatever they practice is very just the basic of the arabic culture yeah but the thing is it depends how far you go in history now here i understand but i'm talking about how the people are living in right now yeah, but it's the last wave. Keep in mind, the Gulf wasn't always Arabic. I understand. Right? But La Mesopotamie, have, the Ottoman, and then you can whatever, go back, back, whatever back, back. they're using as of now. Yeah, of now. I get married to one of them, mm-hmm. their culture is not new to me. My ah, okay, not new to you. New to them. Okay, all right. If we just talk food-related, yeah, yeah, they have one meal. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to insult anybody. Like, Chicken and rice. Okay, we got it. <laughs> <laughs> they have one meal and we have 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much more. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't lose any of my culture. Actually, they would, he would gain of that culture. But yeah, but your kids wouldn't feel Algerian, though. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> think about it. I'm even in your religion, you even in your religion, yeah. if you think about it, it goes to the father. But he's Muslim. He's I'm not Arab. talking about religion here. The culture. The culture. But the culture, from in my, how I was raised. You're going to take them to Algeria? I mean, I hope so. Okay. No, no, I'm so just we'll asking. You're going to probably bring them to Canada because that's where your parents are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I have everybody else in Algeria as well. Okay, fair enough. Um, I feel when you get married, when you're in a partnership, whatever, you live with someone. Mm -hmm. And this is not very modern of me, but the culture and how the household run and stuff. It's brought by the woman in the relationship. Yes. I agree. So But like the man gives the tone and the woman gives the atmosphere. That's on paper. Now. The difference is you're going to be living that's in his idea. country. Yeah, but you're going to be living in his country. So the kids, the But minute... But it would be my home. Oh, that is so cute. But even you, you adapted. You're not the typical Algerian. No, I'm not. I took the good oh, from I, there. You're good. I hope I took the good. <laughs> You think so? <laughs> from what I see myself, mm -hmm. I took the good from Algeria. I took the good from Canada. You consider yourself as a typical Algerian? Um, you can never say yes or no in those type of questions. Why? Because it's Why? <laughs> Why? In my reactions, mm -hmm. in how easy is it for me to get angry and stuff, yeah. you can say yes, you're typical okay. Algerian. Okay, fair enough. But In the way maybe that I dress, in the way that I'm... Deciding which job to take, etc. You can't say no, you're not Algerian at all. Like, you don't go with those values, you go with okay. the Canadian ones. All right. If you see me at home, how I behave at home, how I dress at home, what I cook and stuff, I think I'm even more Algerian than the people right now in Algeria, which are trying to be more modern and it's oh, not okay, going I, to the I, villages I, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Going, you know? Let go of my village. Because <laughs> now, if I go to my people in Algeria, like uh, my mom's side of the family mostly, because it's in the capital. They don't cook as much. Like they order in people that cook for them traditional food. They don't even make the pastries anymore for the weddings. Like they pay someone to do it. Mm -hmm. They don't dress as much as traditional, even at but that's, home outside. But that's not culture. The culture is what you eat, not who makes it. No, it's not who makes it. But like they don't give that much importance anymore. And so like... Yeah, priorities like, changed, keep in mind. It's not exactly. because it's modernism. It's because now it's more efficient. I don't know if it's priority. I think it's just changing because... People are working now, women and men. Okay, my mom lives here. She's been living here for more than she lives in Algeria now in her whole life. But you know why? She wakes up every Saturday. Sunday, I agree. And she still makes her bread. I had, this bread. I had this conversation on the pod last month. I you know, know why? <laughs> you know why the big difference is because here they're fighting to keep their culture. In Algeria, they're among themselves. They they're don't need themselves. to fight. They don't need to prove to anybody they're Algerian. They are in Algeria with Algerians. Uh, When you're outside the country, notice, you'll notice. When you're outside the country, try you, hold on. you try to hold on. Yeah. So that's why you'll be doing a little bit of extra. My mom does the same thing. My mom does the same thing, but it's ironic. The my way I see it, uh -huh. pardon me, I cut you off. No, 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 no. The way I see it is that there's been always that thing over there. We can say like uh, third world countries or whatever. Okay. Where the people they always want to try to be like the Western world. So it's not even as much as not having to prove that they're Algerian anymore because they're 
within Algerians themselves. I think for them it's because if they show that they're modern within their own communities, it makes them like la haute classe. Oh yeah, we always had that complex. You know, keep in mind. So for them, the same ends that I have that have been working their whole life since I was born and stuff that were that they were making their own bread, their own uh, couscous, their own everything. Mm-hmm. They're not doing it anymore. Not because they don't have a reason to make it, because they still eat the same food every day. It's because, ah, why is this white chicken friends? <laughs> like, she doesn't need to cook yeah. that. And she still have a husband at home, blah, 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 blah. Let me just get someone that cleans the house. Let me just get someone that cook for me and stuff like that. And then what happens is that within the same country, they're losing that culture because they're not giving it to their mm-hmm. children anymore. Oh, no, I can, I can, yeah. That's how I see evolving. It's evolving. It's evolving. Like holding on to the culture. Yeah, my, my uncle came here last year and he told my mom, it's more, you guys are more doing more Algerian things here than back home. My grandma said the same last year yeah. when she came. Yeah. And like we still dress like the same way at home, like uh, the Jilaba dresses and, and everything, stuff, yeah. everything. The music is on point. I still have all of my instrument that I brought from there, like Bindir and stuff. Like it's a party every Sunday. And but me, I'm lucky because from the Berber side, we still live in the villages. We still have this. Like my aunt. My dad's side is different. Yeah. Berbers because we, we're, we're even strangers in our country. Exactly. So we're always trying to keep hold of our culture. Right? It's important. Exactly. Regardless of where it goes, anybody that has a little bit of Berber blood yeah. would say it out loud. Because yeah. they're like, in case somebody forgets, if I forget, <laughs> it's out there. It is what it is, but again, I understand that for even my kids, yeah. they've never been to Algeria, but like, oh, on the Algerian, we're Berbers. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> like, very cute. But the thing is, it makes me proud too, because they don't want to let go. And I'm like, here's another generation that's maybe saved, because maybe their kids. Exactly. And this is why, because we're not, yeah. we're not there. So how I see it, the way it's, it makes me scared more for the future, is that over there, they're trying to let go a little bit to be more modern. Mm-hmm. Here, where are we going with our generations? We don't know anymore. We're trying to be modern because we want to be able to adapt. We choose the name of our new babies. We try to choose names that like fit into the population because we don't want to give them the struggle to try to pronounce our name. We don't want to show too much that we're not originally from here. Well, my kids don't have Arabic or Berber's name because I don't like them, period. Yeah, but the reasons is always different, right? Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, like I don't the think... Intent, it's not for me the way you say it and the way I oh, think yeah, I'm yeah. getting to know you. It's not because you're ashamed of it. Oh, not at all. It's because I don't like it. No, me, it's I don't like it. Because the thing is, okay, so if you ask people, they'll yeah. tell you, most people, oh, he's not a real Algerian. I always found that really funny, <laughs> right? You're the source. <laughs> <laughs> so they come at me and they're like, oh, you're not a real Algerian, you're different. Okay, what does that mean? What is a real Algerian? Like, ah, uh, you know, you're tattooed. Yeah. You have kids. You didn't get My married. Yeah, yeah, but that's women. Culturally yeah. speaking, Berbers only get women tattooed. But oh, I didn't know. See? Yeah, uh, and it was a sign of glamour and different things. Really interesting uh, period of time. Uh, I drink, and I'm not ashamed. I do not because I know a lot of people that act like they don't drink. Yes. I don't go through the hypocrisy thing. Eventually, I even told people, I'm probably going to stop drinking, but it's not going to be because of a religious thing. The thing is, I always believed in life. Everything has to do with moderation. Yeah. If you don't know how to drink, don't drink. If you don't know how to eat, don't eat. If you don't know how to gamble, don't gamble. 100%. Everything has to do with moderation. Yeah. 
And I had this conversation with an addict on the pod. He's an ex-addict and they have to do the 12 steps. Mm. And I told one of the sponsors, I was like, but you guys never actually heal them. Because let's just say an ex-alcoholic addict, he can't drink anymore for the rest of his life. I'm like, actually, true healing would have been, he's able to have one drink and say, stop. Yeah. Right? Control. control. So I'm like, it's all about control. All about, I assume who I am. Now, if I don't follow the guidelines of the hypocrisy of the Algerian culture, yes, I'm not a real Algerian then. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, if I become famous one day, I will be considered Algerian regardless. 100%. We agree on this. Never if I the white boy from Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He was Algerian and this is yeah. now we're so proud. France does the same thing with their athletes. If you're... Karim Benzema. Exactly. Yeah. He's French when he wins. When he does something bad, go back to your country. Wait, he was born in <laughs> France. Where do you want him to Which go back? <laughs> exactly. And this is what fascinates me about humanity. People are scared of what yeah. is different, yeah. yet everybody's thriving to be different. Yeah. But everybody wants to be associated to something. So when I have people come up to me and they're like, oh, you're not a real Algerian. They're Algerians. I'm like, so, okay, so you are who to decide who is a real Algerian? The beauty about the culture of Algeria, Morocco, and Tunisia, and Libya, is there's so many, so many, so many backgrounds. If you go through the story of North Africa, les Ottomans, les Kurdes, les Arabes, yeah. les Français, yeah. everybody's been there. Everybody. Everybody. If you go and see an Algerian, You go from the shade of white, redhead, all the way to black with dark eyes. My mom is blonde with green eyes. You're going to go and tell her she's not a real Algerian, not a real African? Come on now. Doesn't you know? make any sense. Exactly. Yeah. If you just have to go and cross the streets, go to Algeria from east to west, we're all of the above. Why can't we be all of the above? We cannot. Exactly. The national team now, there's a lot of French yes. and stuff, and they're tattooed. Yes. And yeah, but it's Darker okay. People. Darker people. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I'm like, what do you mean? Now it's okay because they're winning and they're representing our team. So it's better to be positive towards them if they win. We got this. If we lose, it's because of him. But within the country, so like during the African Cup, mm -hmm. or there was a game, Senegal, Algeria, whatever it yeah. was in Algeria. Yeah. And there was those two girls, they're Algerian, mm -hmm. black AF yeah. from the South. Uh -huh. They came to watch the game at the Nelson Mandela Stadium. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think the black team, I think it was Senegal, whatever, they won. Mm -hmm. And then the people outside were like, congratulations. <laughs> and they just went with it. But you see, we're ignorant too. And they kept talking to them in Arabic. Mm -hmm. And they were laughing. They were like, we're Algerians too, but whatever. <laughs> like They don't seem to understand it, to accept it. Of course. So might as well just go with the flow and just say thank you. <laughs> but you imagine there's ignorance among ourselves with our exactly. people. Our own people. Exactly. But I mean... Listen, my dad to me was a stranger, mm -hmm. culturally speaking, not mm -hmm. as a person. <laughs> I'm like, right. Confession Until, time. <laughs> he was absent for 45 years. I mean, if you see my dad, you would never think that he's my dad. Why? He's, he's way dark. darker than I am. Okay. He has very African traits. The big nose, the big nostrils. Big and he's mouth. Berber. Yes, he's showy. Yeah. Big hands, he's darker and everything that doesn't look like me, mm -hmm. basically. And then at one point, I was just like, the way you grew up and stuff, I would see how he reacts, how he talks, blah, blah, blah. When he talks to his family, I'm like, I never understand a word that he's saying. And he doesn't even speak Berber, like he talks to him in Algerian. And then I was 20 and I was like, let me go and try to find out why this man is shaped like this. <laughs> I need You're to talking about your father? Yeah. Okay. I'm like, I need to understand why he speaks this way. Why, if you tell them something... Why don't you just ask him? Because those people, 
Who's <laughs> those people? <laughs> the parents. She's talking about her father. <laughs> Present father. <laughs> the parents, I feel, they, when they moved here, they have a clash of identity. They try to keep as much as they can. They wanted to adapt as much as they can as well. And I feel like even within themselves, they're trying to find out who they are. Of especially course, after they're that humans long. too. <laughs> yeah, especially after that long that they've been living there. Mm-hmm. Um, so asking them a question, it's like, probably your dad said that to you too. Like, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to go to school. Like taking the bus and it'd be like, my dad would be like, oh my God, I used to walk from Betna to Santana. Like, blah, blah, I blah. swim with sharks and yeah, I went to exactly. the jungle and tigers. And I would go and come back and have lunch and then I would... Go those things so like it's it's things that they cannot relate so for them to try to explain why i reply like this why i said this why i'm not affectionate blah 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 they don't even have the answers themselves yeah i guess yeah it makes sense because it's hard for them to vocalize it's hard for them to put a word on it communication is not really uh, an attribute that algerians have like for me my dad his dad i think was his idol um he's very proud of his dad like for him he cannot understand why he was raised that way with his dad. For him, it's the way to go. He never questioned once why his dad was the way he was at home. He never questioned once if raising us the way that his dad raised him made sense within like the community that we grew up in, etc. Like he, they just cannot put words to it. So I just decided to take my two luggages and go to the village. Where did you find? Everything comes from the mother. <laughs> Okay, elaborate. Well, obviously the culture was very different and from what I learned from my mom's side, very mm-hmm. different. The hospitality is very different. The language, alors là. Yeah. It's another book. But the way that they act between them, like I learned how my grandma was growing up and how she lived with my grandfather and uh, um the environment that she grew up in, why it made her tough like this and why she gave that education to her kids and why the kids as of today, my uncles and aunts have those type of issues between them, etc. It all came from an environment where... It always does. Nurture versus nature. basically war at the time. Yeah, yeah. Where they just didn't have any time to be like, listen, you're my son, I love you very much. You need to study and do your homework. Those are rich people's problems. Exactly. And let me go fight. And then I discovered that the Berber culture is so rich, number one. But second of all, it's the best way to go in life. Okay. The uh-huh. hospitality from them, like, I would say Algerians are hypocrites. The way <laughs> I've is, been the way, saying that for so often, yeah, yeah. so long. The way that they speak, the way that they act, especially when they leave their country and they go elsewhere, they're hypocrites. The way I see people in Algiers are hypocrite people. Yeah. The way I see them in the village, they're not hypocrites at all. No, the because they beha- they're they- not trying to be Europeans. They're not trying to be anything. Exactly. The way they behave, just... But they're very simple people. Very simple people. And they're very united. Yeah. Like if the neighbor needs help, every the whole it's village... not even a question. Exactly. You don't even need to say, I'm going to have a wedding, blah, blah. They're just there. It's a whole village. My, my cousin got married, and we live in Tizi Uzu. It's a city. Yeah. It's not a village. Yeah. My cousin got married. My uncle did a couscous for the whole city. People yeah. were just walking in. Yeah. And they're like, it's Wada, of course, right? Giving back to the to the people and stuff like that. And 
it's interesting because it's second nature. It's not even a thought. They don't even think about exactly. it. Exactly. They just come. Whoever needs to help, they help. Whoever needs to bring something, they bring. Yeah. If they need to have a fight, I saw at my uh, cousin's uh, wedding. Mm-hmm. They invited me because it was like the first time I was going and stuff. Everybody was fighting. But like, they resolve it on the spot. Yeah, it's yeah. not hypocrisy. It's not this, this thing of smiling into your face and then as soon as you leave, they're going to start like yeah, yeah. blah, blah. In Algiers, it's totally different. It's more extremes. Because the thing is, there's a lot of difference. Usually, my, my, my mother, from where she comes from, her village, is actually a mountain. Yeah. And it's only her last name. Even the, the, the cemetery is only her last name. Mm. And then the next mountain is another family. And they get along. You need help. You need this. Something happens. Always, it's community-wise. Yeah. It's because it was... Berbers went through life in survival mode. No thriving, surviving. So they had to live through their land with whatever they had. That's mm. why they had a lot of kids, because more kids, more labor, 100%. more chances of living. They didn't have time. Like if I tell my mom, ah, oh, depression, she's like, I don't have time for this shit. She's 66 years old. She still works like crazy, even though she doesn't need to. But because she needs to find purpose, she needs to find a cause, because she's like, if I stop, I die. Yeah. And that's culturally in them. She saw her mom do that. She lost her father. My grandfather died at 26 with three ki- four kids. And he was a Mujahideen. He died during the war. And once he fell, everybody united. We have to help them. The father died. The brothers stepped up and all that. It's not always beautiful and everything. There is some bad and, you know, some lies and, you know, whatever. But overall, at the end of the day, you meet somebody that's Berber. I automatically want to help them. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's just a helping hand. If I can help you, I just helped a lady today. She was looking for work. She's 50, what, 55 years old. She came to and she's like, she's talking to me and she's talking to me, bell, bell, trying to push it. I'm like, listen, I'll do anything I can to help yeah. you. But I didn't even hesitate. Oh, maybe this, maybe that, maybe this. It would have been somebody else from a different country, different culture. I would have been like, yeah, good luck. Yeah. Like, find, find, it's not a, a humane thing, but I can't help everybody. But if I can help people from my culture, my it's like an extra bonus. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but that is in my nature. You always try to help when you can. I try to help everybody, to be true. But when they're bare, bare I'm like, I try to, I try to push a little bit more. I'll do, I'll go above and beyond in that 100%. sense. And that that's something sense. that's missing. Yeah, it makes sense, but not a lot of people do it. There's a lot of jealousy. There's a lot of... That's why my parents don't have friends anymore. Oh my God, my parents either. They don't talk to nobody. I think that's the first generation-ish. Yeah. They come to a point where they just disconnect. Stop working is not a... To stop working is just not a solution for them. As you said, like they need to continue, mm-hmm. otherwise they yeah. die. They don't have any purpose anymore. <laughs> that's it. They don't need friends anymore. They don't want to be involved with the blah, blah here and there. They just want to live this very simple, humble life low-key they want to live with their kids and their grandkids that's it but my parents when they got here they're the ones who founded the first berber association in montreal Le Printemps so they were very community oh we're not a lot let's all unite yeah. they wanted to create a village yeah. literally then <laughs> they realized very quickly yeah. that it was each their own if somebody could step on you to use you as a stepping stone to get mm. a higher things started happening we're so good at that so my father was like i'm out I'm like, listen, I love my country. Like, my father hates Algeria. But every night, you watch Algerian TV. 
Algerian youths. That's my dad. Exactly. That's all he does. But you tell him, oh, no, I can't go back to that country. That country is retarded. People are stupid. But yet, hey, I wonder what they're doing. All the time. All the time. <laughs> he didn't even watch the African Cup last time. He's like, no, they're pissing me off. But every time he would be like poking over my shoulder. Because I'm like, I'm watching the game. Come and watch. I go to my parents' house to watch the game with him. Those are like my little bonding moments with him. Oh. But he was super angry because of all the politics. They're all yeah, idiots yeah, yeah. and all this. But yet he was... When we won the Arab Cup final, he didn't even want to watch the game. He was so stressed. I'm like, you're 74 years old. <laughs> Grow up. It's just a soccer game. But it's they're super, super proud. I mean, as of today, isn't it the only thing that we have left? In their case specifically, yes. It's the only thing that we have. We go to my chalet. There's Zed Barbells everywhere. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I call it La Sect. <laughs> like, guys, we know we are. <laughs> who, who are you trying to prove? Like the Quebecers with their little canoe, they look at the, the thing. They're like, they don't know what it is. They just think it's a sign. But I'll say, I'll show you pictures. It's crazy. Beautiful place. Berber everywhere. Even the daycares on the floor. There's a Zed Barbell all the time. I mean, I have my my frames that I brought from Algeria, the mm -hmm. Berber sign and stuff. I was so excited to come back to Montreal just to bring them with me to Dubai. I need uh, to see them. I don't know. Yeah, I have one in my bed. I just want to look at them. You but know? the thing is, I'm not very patriotic in that sense. But I'm the first one who's going to talk. Like, even it's in Berber. This was you know my what? little... But it was for my parents. You know what? I think there's things that comes with time and age. Oh, true. So, like, I would say, for example, when we were younger, mm -hmm. the way my mom would cook at home and stuff was very more modern. Okay. Like pâté chinois and stuff like that. Pâté chinois. Oof. Shit, that's it's very... Just, it's still super good. And they say Algerians don't adapt. Wow. That was I think, the first thing I remember eating when I was younger. Okay. You know, like things like that. Um, obviously mixed with our food. Mm -hmm. But we had a lot of... And couscous or pâté chinois? Couscous on Sundays and the rest of the week was pâté chinois. You guys still eat couscous once a week? Once a week, no. My mom still to this day. Not once a week because nobody lives at home anymore. Ah, Oh, but my parents neither, but... Whenever we're home, she makes it. But my mom, every week, she still does shorba. Ah, yes, that too. So there's always thing, and she does that bread, uh, mm -hmm. every Sundays and stuff like that. So we're still very in. But anyway... <laughs> Do you know how to cook these things? Everything. Oh, nice. Every single thing. So we're losing a good one by you getting married to the other tribes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Another one bites the dust. <laughs> I have my experience. I have my own I'm reasons. just joking. I'm super happy for you. I'm just saying, already finding no, a woman that can yet. cook. We don't know yet. Already finding a woman that knows how to cook is the is already... I mean, you saw my story, no? Like a week ago or something. I did couscous as well. Yes. Back there. And it was this big... Like everybody came to eat at my place. It was insane. But it feels so good. Like I did it and I was like... You won't oh. be able to do that. In the, I brought back the Algerian In Dubai, just putting it out there. What do you mean? What do you mean? Just saying. It's not going to be the same. It's always going to be... I'm doing everything. No, listen. Like, <laughs> you're going to lose your passport, your culture. It's getting hot. You're going to be eating rice and chicken. It's over. I already eat rice and chicken. <laughs> I feel it. Like I love it. I really just love saying. it. But I feel... So as I was saying, like the more you grow up, the more you try to... You go back to your sources a little bit. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Refresher, yeah. Yeah. Like my dad when I was younger, I never knew what was shukshukha. I never knew. Oh, shit. Okay. I didn't know. Because my mom raised us like the manière algeroise. Okay. And my dad never really pushed it to be like... That's mm. one of my favorite meals. And then growing up a little bit, especially when I went when I was 20 and stuff, and I discovered my dad's side, 
I was like, okay, that's a thing. That's good. It's You're talking about chuchuka, no? Shukshuka. Ah, okay. No, chuchuka, no. I was, like, I was like, where the hell did you live? <laughs> no, 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 shukshuka. So I was like, that's not even just good. That's delicious. Mm-hmm. And then my mom started to do it more and more because my dad started to ask for it more and more. And now I think the only thing that my dad is able to eat is the food that he grew up eating, which is the reason why my mom is doing shorba every week. It's a reminder. It's important. Exactly. Tastes like home, even though you're not home. Exactly. But where is home anymore? You go yeah. to Algeria, they say you're Canadian. You come here, you fall with people who are like, you're not even from here originally. I'm not even real Algerian here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? I'm now born I'm in the plane. Dubai for a year. I come here and I'm like, it mm, doesn't feel like home anymore. I'm there. They're like, oh, you're Canadian. Depending with who I talk, they're like, oh, you look Arab, why you say Canadian? I'm like, well, I grew up in Canada. Like, I never lived in Algeria. Yeah. I stayed there in a bunch for like maybe six months in a row. And then I was going every year for a couple of times. But but now I'm having this debate with this partner that I'm like, I need to go back to Algeria. Like, I need to just smell that air. And he's like, but it's not even home for you. Where do you want to go? How do you explain that? Tell me how do I explain that? Yeah, because he never left his country. Exactly. I'm like, you cannot understand it. Like, you've been, you're from here. Your whole family is here. I'm not attached to my family in Algeria. No, 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 but... I'm like, your family is here. You never left your country. All you know is the expat that came, if you mixed a little bit, Mm -hmm. if you tried to get out of your bubble a little bit. Mm -hmm. So you cannot understand this feeling. He's like, yeah, but you still grew up in Canada, so what do you want to do in Algeria? I'm like, there's just that thing, even if it's for two, three days. Oh, you're going to get in a lot of fights. (laughs) I mean, this is, yes. <laughs> I was like, why is she trying to deny this? The thing is, Algerians have been nomads their entire civilization, yeah. right? Even in our country, we're nomads. Because we don't get attached necessarily to material. We get attached to people exactly. and culture. Like, your village burns down. Like, whatever happened right now in Bijaya and stuff like that. People are like, it's bad. People died. Yeah, yeah, we understand yeah. it. But we're going to rebuild. Exactly. That's all we do. Exactly. It's not an issue. We don't really, yes, now this new generation likes material, money, and gold, and everything shiny. But deep down, we could wear the same dress, the same pants every day, right? No judgment. No judgment, no nothing. As long as there's food on your table, there's a roof over your head. Exactly. Clean water. We're good. Yeah, exactly. And you have good people. I remember the last time I went was, what, three years ago, just before COVID. And it was an evening. I went to see my cousins with their wives. They're all married now and everything, kids. All of a sudden, it was like midnight. Like, uh, are you staying for the night? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'll go back. My cousin just brings out a guitar, starts playing. That's my two it. aunts start singing. And my other cousin's like, oh, let me make you taste the best paila in Algeria. I'm like, paila? Where the <laughs> hell did that come from? <laughs> and he just cooked it and we had it's fun. It's just a random evening. But that's every day there. But that's every day. Yeah. And there's a beauty of it. Yes. You know, so when I came last month for that uh, short weekend, I was very stressed to come back because oh. I was scared of that feeling that I would get like coming back, maybe would not feel like home anymore, etc. Mm-hmm. I would feel like detached. I don't know. So I came back and then I realized, okay, the lifestyle is very different than what I have now in Dubai. And it's not even just personally my lifestyle. It's how the pe- people live. Mm-hmm. So obviously over there, yes, you want to talk about the fakeness. Yes, everybody like they just want to work, make money. Pay expensive shit. Each their own. To just say that we succeeded and that's it. But there's a simplicity that comes with it as well. But everything's simple when you're rich. 
No, I mean, so me, when I moved over there, mm-hmm. I didn't, I knew I could never compete with those people. In which way? Have as much money as them? That's the competition? Yeah. Okay. I knew I would never be, I mean, maybe not never, but like I knew that. Maybe he's a prince. Maybe I'm the princess. How about that? <laughs> princess of what? Babel <laughs> Where are you going with that? There's no princesses in Algeria, I'll darling. I'll create one. <laughs> I'll be the first one. By all means. Um, I knew that for me, like to drive a G-Wagon wouldn't be something that I would be able to do maybe within the first or two years. I knew that with the values and stuff that I have, I would need to erase some of them to be able to be like those people. Mm-hmm. And when I say those people, I'm not talking about the Arabs over there. I'm talking about the expats and how they created this lifestyle over there. Okay. Because it's very, it's two different lifestyles. I knew I could just never compete. I would never be able to go and get some surgeries to redo my face, redo my body and stuff like that. It's just not who I am. I knew I don't have the same amount of money. I know I don't have the same background as them in the sense that as growing up in Canada is very a blessing. You get an education that not everybody has access to. You open your eyes in a different way, etc. So I just like let it go. Mm-hmm. So when you just start to live to try to maybe achieve the goals that you gave within yourself of why you moved out of such a nice country like here, it became very, very, very simple. And it's very like a humble experience. Okay. You come, you're like, yeah, I don't need those materialistic things like, to live. I don't need those to be happy. So I know that the word success doesn't mean having the big house and the luxurious cars. Okay. I don't need to go eat at the restaurant of Burak, for example, or to go eat at Michelin restaurants or at the Atlantis to feel like I had a good meal. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's going to go to the toilet. Or your system, yes. <laughs> Vitamins and yeah, minerals. Let's be positive. <laughs> There's no You don't shit everything you eat. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you pay a plate of a small Caesar salad, a small one, two leaves. Yeah, but that's that's just ridiculous right it, there. It is ridiculous, but that's what people are eating because they think that this is what success Yeah, yeah, is. yeah, but that's, that's them. Now it's going to become part of their culture. It is the culture. It is the culture right now. But that's, but that's where you, I believe is going to be your biggest clash. Algerians are very humble people by nature i feel living there i brought out mostly the algerian side of me than the canadian one because of this (coughs) so let me ask you a question do you think if tomorrow you become a billionaire Mm -hmm. would you still have those humbling attributes i hope so good answer hope because between me and you the reason why you can never say never right (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, because you're not at their level, like you said, yeah. and you have to humble yourself. Of course. There is richer, there is this, mm-hmm. there's that. But if you're satisfied and happy with whatever or whoever you are, sky's the limit. Do you actually it think is. that little grandmother that lives on a mountain in Algeria that picks her own olives is thinking about, oh, that guy that's a billionaire that has a G-Wagon and eats one salad? Hell no. But that's what I'm saying. Each their own. To each their own. To each their own. And this is where, actually, this is going to be a good closer for the pod, where you realize, uh, being Algerian, the advantage that it gave me compared to other cultures, there's so many different ways of thinking and believing within the country. Mm. Berbers, Alger- uh, Arabs, 
the east, the west, the north, the south. Algerian as it is, le Maghreb, Africa, all these things categorize you in different ways. The blondes with the dark skin. That's true. So among us all, we're always proud from far, well, up close, from far, you know, each their own and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, some people could claim I'm Algerian. Some people can claim I'm not Algerian. I could care less. The only thing that is important is me and the people I love. Yes. If my mom or my dad would come and tell me, you're not a real Algerian, they only say that to my brother and sister. <laughs> not because them, they never went we back. We say that to my sisters too. Yeah, my, they never went back. They got here, they were four and two. They never went back. They don't want to go back. They don't speak the language. Are you the youngest? I'm the oldest. No way. Yeah, I'm the oldest. My I'm brothers, the you're the youngest. And I'm the most. Why do you think? Um, you know what? I feel I gave more struggles to my parents when I was younger. I believe so. In a different way than the typical, like, mm -hmm. going out late, trying different things and stuff like that. I was challenging my parents, um, the mentally, way they think, exactly, yeah. mentally speaking, compared to my sisters. And with this challenge, um, it wasn't always nice at the beginning, but it helped us create this relationship that made it for the better. And by making it for the better, it gave me the envy to try to stop challenging them and try to understand them more. But right there, that's richness. That is definitely, that's something extremely rare. Yeah. Trying so not to impose, went, yeah. but trying to understand. Because there was always conflict. Yeah. Because I did, it was literally the Canadian girl against the Algerian people. I could never understand the mentality of my parents. Never, never, never. Mm -hmm. So at one point, when I was 18, I was like, okay, hey, we need to stop this. And I went to discover where they're from, what they did. Mm -hmm. I came back. And then that's why I think I became even more Algerian than my sisters because I discovered the richness behind it. And it made me even more proud because when you see how your grandparents grew up, what they went through, your neighbors, etc., and you learn so many things that come with it, how can you not be proud of it? Well, I wish you luck. Wish you luck too. <laughs> oh, man. I'll see you in Dubai. Yeah. You know what? Let's go to Dubai. Let's make a part over there. Okay, you want me to get arrested? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that sounds like a trap. <laughs> I'll, I'll come to your wedding. To my wedding? Yeah, to your There's wedding. There's no wedding yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if ever you get married there, I'll come to your wedding. I'm not looking for a marriage right now. But okay. We'll but you touch. know what I mean. We'll keep in touch. We'll see. I'll, I'll be in the back of the reminder. Don't forget who you are. <laughs> come with the flag. <laughs> yeah, then the parents are going to be like, ah. Oh. These Algerians. Oh, my parents are going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> this was a pleasure. Likewise. And uh, anyway, we'll have another one in a year or two. See if your if your your mindset is always the same. I'll come back with an abaya this time. We never know. We evolve constantly. And the thing is, the more you travel, the more you meet new people, the yeah, more you yeah, get influenced, yeah. the more, you know, it picks on you. But at the end, like I say, live and let live. Huh? Live and let live. And on that note... <laughs> <laughs>